Hey, welcome to a brand new year here at Vertical, a new series. As we look at God's call to us to trust him with what he has already placed in our hands. It's an essential part of what it means to follow Jesus is to have faith, but faith that will trust him with all that he's already given us. Amen? So, um, as I mentioned before, I grew up in Oak Cliff, and then there came a day that we moved to Ovilla, and it was during my high school years. And it was at the time I was taking driver's ed. And my dad wanted to help me, of course, learn how to drive. And so I was going to high school. I was finishing my sophomore year at Sunset in Oak Cliff. We were living in Ovilla. And so my dad would say, you're going to drive home today. Like, really? Which meant driving through Oak Cliff, getting on Highway 35, and traveling all the way to Ovilla. Which meant we were getting on the highway at Illinois and 35, and driving south, which meant I'm in the far right lane, which meant back in the day, it's kind of still this way today, you had to cross about four lanes to get over to be able to exit and go south down 35 to Ovilla Road. For a young guy that hadn't had much experience in driving, crossing four lanes of traffic on Highway 35 in the afternoon rush hour was terrifying. Because I'm driving and these cars were, my dad said, all right, put your blinker on. Move over. What? I'm looking and, you know, stressing, and he's in the front seat. My dad, my mom's in the back seat. Okay, go, go, go. You, can, you got this. You can do this. You can do this. Like, oh, finally get one lane over. All right, you're going to need to get over two more lanes because that other exit's coming up. Like, oh, okay, I'm looking. Put your blinker on. And just it's stressful. You know, I'm, I'm 15 at the time, kind of on 16, stressed. And it was my dad's message of, you got this. Trust me, trust me. And we made it, and we made it multiple times because he had me do that multiple times. And it became such a powerful lesson to end those moments when it seems like you're not going to figure out what to do next. You're not going to know the right next step to take. To hear my dad, my father say, trust me. Fast forward, I become a follower of Jesus after my senior year. Fast forward, 2005. I'm at a church and hear God call me to leave that church and plant a church, start a church from scratch, leave an establishment, established church, rooted, been there years and years, and go start something brand new. And it was terrifying. I felt like I was changing lanes on 35 again all over. But to hear my Father in heaven say, trust me, Trust me with this. And we learned as a family to take those steps, cross those lanes, and God blessed as we trusted him in the process. This is what God invites us to as we follow Jesus with our life, is to trust him. And it's one of the most precarious yet precious moments in life. To come upon a moment where you don't know what to do next, where it seems like you're just staring off into a canyon and it seems like there's no certainty about what you're supposed to do next and to hear God say, trust me, trust my word, trust my presence, trust my power to work. Even when you can't understand and can't see and it defies your logic, trust me and to just jump and trust him has been one of the most difficult but most rewarding steps that I've ever taken in my life. 
And I find God calling us, calling me and our family to this over and over and over again. As we enter a new year, I'm sure some of this is true for you. You're thinking about new things that God has for you, new things that you want to trust him for. And I'm sure some of this is where you're living in this series, we're going to hear God say over and over again through men and women in scripture, will you trust me with it? Will you trust me with that? With that thing in your life that you just can't find the answers to? Will you trust me with your marriage? Will you trust me with your finances? Will you trust me with your spouse? Will you trust me with your child? Will you trust me with your finances? Will you trust me with your job? Will you trust me with your career? Will you trust me with that decision? Will you trust me with it? Don't lean on your own understanding. Will you trust me with it? And today we start with the Old Testament, a character I'm sure you're familiar with. If you've been around the Bible for a while, we start with talking about Moses. We're in Exodus chapter four. And you find here the story of, ex, of, of Moses as he walked through this space of learning to trust God at a very difficult time, at a time when God was challenging him to trust him to move forward. You know, it's one of those things that when you take that step of trust, it's difficult and it's awkward, but you find in it when you take it and you fall into what God has for you, you find their peace. You find joy settling in. You find a sense of confidence even in the moment of uncertainty because that's what God does. For those who trust in him, uh, in the Psalms it says, they become like Mount Zion, those who trust in the Lord. They are secure and they are confident. They are certain of what God will do even in the moment of uncertainty. But the opposite of that is that when we don't trust in the Lord, when we say, God, not your way, I'll do this my way. God, I'm not gonna take that step. God, I'm not gonna do that. What that leads to is the opposite of stability. It leads to chaos in our lives. It leads to mental unhealth instead of health. It leads to confusion, it leads to fear, it leads to anxiety, it leads to panic, it leads to disorder in our life. So we're gonna see how God invites us to trust him and come to true peace, hope, and life in him. Exodus chapter four, turn your Bibles there today. You can follow along on screen if you like. And uh, we're gonna see how Moses follows and trusts the Lord. Let me give you a little bit of background about where we are, first of all. So in book of Exodus, the children of Israel have or are in Egypt as a nation. They are there and they have grown in numerous. They are exceedingly great. And Pharaoh doesn't like it. He doesn't like the fact that these God followers have become great in number. So he changes the culture and makes them into slaves. He imposes laws and makes them a slave race within the nation. And they cry out to God because it is so difficult. He is putting all the pressure on them. And they are not able to practice their freedoms. They are forced to have to comply with state mandates and laws. Anybody can relate to some of this. And so... Here they are, and they cry out to God, God, free us, deliver us. You have a, a land for us. We trust you. And in that moment, God speaks to a man, Moses, who had been in the nation. And Moses himself had seen what was going on. Moses had seen the unrest. Moses had seen the, the laws that were out of order. Moses had seen the abuse of his people, and Moses lost it one day. And he killed a man. And because he broke the law and killed a man, Moses fled. And Moses is forced to go live far away. And he's living on the 
backside of a desert. And Moses, who had grown up in the place of royalty, Moses, who was destined to be a great leader, was now living out on the backside of a desert. Moses was not living in all that God had called him to be. Moses is living in his guilt. Moses is living in his shame. Moses is living in himself. And he has become a shepherd. He's leading animals around when he was called to be a leader in his nation. And God is going to meet Moses when he's running from all that God had called him to be. Exodus 4 is where we start today. And it says this. Well, let me give just a little bit more background. A little bit more. You see, the way God shows up to Moses is in a very miraculous way. A very powerful way. A very unexpected way. You see, Moses is on the backside of the desert And all of a sudden, he notices a bush. And this bush is burning, but it doesn't burn up. And it just keeps burning, but it doesn't burn up. And so Moses approaches it, and then a voice speaks and tells Moses to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground. And this voice begins to speak and call Moses and tell him, you're going to go back into Egypt, and you're going to set my people free. You're going to be the one who delivers. You're going to be the one who will do what I've called you to do. And Moses is terrified at the prospect of all of that. Sometimes happens that way when God speaks to us, right? He puts something in front of you and you think, oh, that's not what I thought was going to happen next. That's going to be challenging. That's going to be difficult. That's not exactly what I thought was going to happen. God, you want that to happen? You want me to do that? And so Exodus chapter 4, we enter on the scene here where God is calling Moses And Moses is having one of these trust-challenging moments. And here's what it says in verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? What if they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So all of a sudden, Moses is terrified at this prospect of going back. And Moses plays the game that so often we play. It's a game that sends us on a terrible track, and it's the what-if game. Can anybody relate to the what-if game? Where all of a sudden, you get this direction, you get this sense of what God is calling you to do. He's calling you to reconcile with someone. He's calling you to restore a relationship. He's calling you to obey him. He's calling you to serve. He's calling you to give. He's calling you to walk forward and and break that addiction. He's calling you to walk in obedience to him. And you say, well, wait, 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 wait. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if they don't like me? What if it doesn't work out? What if this doesn't work out the way I thought it was going to? What if it makes me unhappy in the end? What if, what if, what if, what if? And then the worst thing that happens, you decide to Google it. I'm going to search Google and see what happens for other people who have done this. I know that temptation. I'm going to tell you up front. Don't do it. Don't do it. It'll give you the worst case scenario of situations. It'll always happen and don't do that, okay? And Moses is Googling in his head before he even knows what Google is. He's playing the what if scenario. 
And what he says is very revealing of himself. He says, what if, what's the next word? They. What if they? Isn't that so common to get into? Well, what if they don't respond like I thought? What if they reject me? What if they cancel me? What if they don't like it? They. Look, you and I are called to follow him, not they. And here, here God is calling Moses, and Moses says, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may cancel me. They may reject me. And God says, I have called you to go back, and I will be the one who is with you. I will lead you. I will speak to you. You're going to have to trust me, Moses. Don't worry about the they in the story. Hmm. He goes on and it says that the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? That's an interesting change of conversation. We're just talking about going back and Moses is saying, but what if they don't believe me? And it sounds almost like God changes the conversation and says, hey, what's that in your hand? That's just so interesting because God knew that what was in Moses' hand was keeping him from hearing what God was saying to him. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes we've got something in our hand and it's causing us to be distracted and deterred from what God has called us to. And God was calling Moses to do something that he'd never done before. And Moses, the entire time, had something in his hand. Now, this is, I just, let's just replay this scenario just for a moment here. Moses on the backside of the desert. God appears to him in a burning bush. This is not just a red bush. This was a bush that was on fire. And it's burning, and it's burning, and it's not burned up. It's still a bush. It continues to burn, and it continues to burn, and God speaks from the bush. Now, and then the voice says, "'Take off your shoes, Moses, for you're on holy ground.'" All this time, apparently Moses has something in his hand. I don't know. I just sometimes think if, if that was happening, I probably would chunk everything I've got. I might be running. I might be on my face. But I don't think I'd still be holding something in my hand. But I find sometimes I'm actually still holding something in my hand when God is trying to tell me to do something and it has become a distraction to me. Now, to help with us this morning, a prop. Because the next verse tells us what was in Moses' hand because Moses responds and says, it's a staff. Now, I don't know if it looked like this. It might have been bigger. It might have had a hook on the end of it because he was a shepherd. But he was leading animals. And I'm sure he used it to defend himself against wild animals. I'm sure he used it to sometimes help the animals along I'm sure he might have used it to help himself along, but the staff had become Moses. This was now who he was. I'm a guy that holds a staff. This is my job. This is my career. This is who I am now. I used to be in Egypt. I used to be with God's people. I used to trust God, but now I trust the staff. I'm far away from what I used to be, but this is where I am. And so the staff was part of his career. The, the staff was just something common, but the staff also represented for Moses 
everything that he is now and everything that he was not called to be. This was the guilt that Moses carried. Moses had murdered a man and he ran to the desert and he picked up a staff. Moses was running from God and now he carried a staff. And so all this is happening. The bush is burning. God is speaking. He takes off his shoes and he's standing there on holy ground and God is speaking to him. He's having a conversation with God and he has the entire time this in his hand. He doesn't want to let it go. This is everything Moses has become. It's tough letting go of your past. It's tough letting go of what you hold in your hand. It's tough letting go of what you have all of a sudden trusted in. But before Moses could even understand what God had called him to, God said to Moses, what is that in your hand? And it's not because God didn't know. It's because he wanted Moses to say it. (laughs) Moses, you just got to say it. It's a staff. And this has Moses locked up. What you hold in your hand can sometimes be the very thing that's keeping you locked up and in prison from doing what God has called you to do and seeing the miraculous come into your life. And Moses has a grip on it. The story doesn't end here. It says that God spoke to him and said, Moses, I want you to throw it on the ground. Moses, I know you've got a tight grip on that stick. I know you've held on to this. I know this is who you think you are. I know this is who you think you're always going to be. and You can't ever see yourself doing anything greater. I know this is what you think you're destined to, to live on the backside of the desert. I know this is what you think you're called to, but Moses, I have something much bigger for you. I have something I have destined for you. I have something that I planted and have purposed for you, but Moses, you're going to have to let go of what's in your hand if you want to see, hear, and know, and go to what I have for you next. And it's true for us. If there's anything you're holding in your hand right now and saying, this I can't let go of, this is who I am, this is my past, this is my guilt, this is my shame, this is what I've done, this is what I've decided I am going to be and I can't let go of it. It will keep you from ever experiencing all that God has for you next. And so God tells Moses, I need you to throw it on the ground. I need you to just chunk it. I need you to get it out of your hand. I need you to let it go, Moses, because if you're gonna follow me, you can't have that in your hand. You can't keep holding on to that. You're going to have to release control. And so Moses throws it on the ground. He leaves it in obedience to God. He says, I'm done with this. I will let go of this. And the Bible says he threw it on the ground and it turned into a serpent. Now, don't look up here expecting this to turn into a serpent today. If it does, it will change everything about this day. <laughs> but we're going to read Moses story here, what happens, because when he throws that stick, that staff on the ground, it turns into a serpent. God does something miraculous with the staff when Moses finally lets go of control of it. The things that you and I hold in our hand right now so tightly 
that we refuse to let go of and want to keep our control on and our hand on and our identity in and we want to define it and we want to choose it and we want to stay with it. If you keep doing that and you never let it go, you're never going to see what it can become. But the day you choose to let it go, the day you let your control be gone from it and let God have it, something different is going to happen to that thing. And in this case, the staff turned into a snake. That's crazy. I'm sure it had to be terrifying for Moses. And what Moses doesn't know in the moment is what we have the privilege of knowing already. If you know the rest of the story, I'm going to give you a a quick fast forward and then we're going to come back and follow it all the way through. Here's what's going to happen. Moses is going to pick that stick back up in the story and Moses is going to use it for God's glory. And time is going to unfold and Moses is going to go back into Egypt. Moses is going to use this as the very tool that God will use to show signs and wonders. It will be through this staff, this stick, that Moses will touch the Nile River and it will turn into blood through that stick. It'll be through that stick that Moses will walk out of Egypt with God's people and he will raise it up over the Red Sea and that sea will part and they will walk through because he holds up the stick and they'll walk through and he'll continue to lead in God with this stick. He'll even stand before a rock and strike that rock and water will come out of it. They'll be engaged in a battle in the future and Moses will lift up that stick over the valley where they're fighting and as long as that stick is held up high, they will be victorious in battle because when you turn over what God has placed in your hand, he'll use it for things you couldn't even imagine in your lifetime. But it means you have to be willing to throw it on the ground. You have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to take my hands off of this. I've tried to do it my way. I've tried to pursue life on my own. I tried to make something of my life. I tried to make something of my career. I tried to make something of my future. And this is where it got me. You're calling me to let you have control of it. Let you do what you want with it. God, I throw it on the ground. The Bible says that Moses, in that moment, he fled from it. He was terrified. That thing turned into a snake, and I guess I would too this morning if that thing turned into a snake. I'd be out of here. So would everybody in this room. Unless you like snakes, you'd come rushing up here, right? Be terrified of that thing. You're like, what? I just had that in my hand. Oh! And we'd be, you know, we'd be moving. That's what Moses does. He runs from it. He gets away from it. Isn't it so classic of us that when God shows you the thing he wants to do in your life, you run from it? When he says, I'm going to show you the very thing that I'm going to do, it will astound you. It will be exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to show you what it is. And so often you and I in that moment we run from it. I can't see how that could ever come to pass. That can't really be true. I don't think I can handle that. That's just too much. There's no way that could happen. God, I'm not doing that. I'm out of here. And Moses ran from it. The Bible says, but the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand, reach out with your hand and grasp it by its tail. 
If you've been around a snake, you know, number one, you might not even be interested in getting up near that thing. I hear you. But if you decide to, the last thing you're gonna do is grab it by the tail because if you grab it by the tail, it's gonna whip around and bite you with its head, right? You know that already, so you don't want to do that. But this is so classic of what happens with us because God says, I want you to let go of the control over that thing you've got in your life. I want you to let go of your manipulation of it, your stranglehold grip on it that you've got on it. I want you to throw it down. Now I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do with it. And now you tried it your way. You've done it your way. You've handled it like you thought you needed to handle it. Now I'm gonna ask you to handle it my way. And the way I want you to handle it is I want you to grab it by the tail. So well, that just seems so counter to everything. That just seems so unnatural. That just seems backwards of everything I've ever heard. Hello, welcome to God's ways. They're always going to be backwards from what this world says. His ways are not our ways. They are higher than our ways. And here's God telling Moses, I want you to do this, Moses. And here's what's going to take, Moses. It's going to take your absolute trust in my word. I want you to do it this way because I say to do it this way. Don't depend on your logic, your own understanding. Moses, in all your ways, acknowledge me. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs says, with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So he tells Moses, I want you to grab that thing by the tail. And so, so much like us, we, we stare at that thing that God says he's going to do. We hear what he says and we just keep staring at it. And sometimes we even say, hey, would y'all pray with me about this thing? I'm supposed to, you know, I got this thing I need to pick up in my life. I got this thing that God's called me, as Stephen Furtick says, he's called me to handle it. And I'm not sure I want to handle it. I'd much rather just run away from it. I'd much rather just distance myself from it. That God's called me to handle it. And I don't know that I want to. Would y'all pray with me about that kind of thing? You know, that's what we like to do. Uh, you know, unspoken prayer request. You know, I've got this thing, you know, unspoken. No, he's calling you. You don't need to pray about what God has already told you to do. You just need to do what God's called you to do. And here God called Moses to grab this thing by the tail. Face that thing that's put in your path. Face that thing that God has called you to. Let me say it a little differently. Faith that thing that God has put in your path. Don't run from it. Don't keep distancing yourself from it. Don't keep asking other people to pray about it. Faith it. Faith it. Do what God's called you to do. Faith it with all you've got within you. Faith it with your heart. Faith it with your obedience. Faith it with your hand getting on that thing that God has told you to pick up. Now here's what the Bible says next. So he reached out with his hand and caught it. He grabbed that snake, not a stick, but the minute he grabbed that stick, the minute he put his hand on it, turned back into a stick. The minute you decide to obey 
and do the thing that God has called you to do, the minute you will faith it, it will become a very usable, tangible, powerful weapon in your hand. Because with this stick, Moses will lead a nation. With this stick, Moses will set captives free. With this stick, Moses will provide victory for countless millions because he was willing to put his hand on the problem and faith it. Now, I know for all of us, there are things in our life that you think, oh man, I don't know. God, I don't know. I look at 2024 and I hear what you're saying about some things, but God, I'm going to have to ask people to pray about this. God, I'm going to have to think about this. God, I'm going to have to Google this. God, I'm going to have to study about this when it's very clear what he's already said. And what he needs is your faith to obey him, to reach out, take it by the tail. Here's what the Bible says happens next in verse five. So that they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Moses, this is why I need you to handle the snake. I need you to pick it up. I need you to get it back in your hand. And I need you to hold it differently this time than you held it before. Before you leaned on this as your identity running from God. But now this is gonna become the power of God in your life. You see, each of us have some areas in our life that you think has disqualified you from ever being used by God. You think because of where you've failed, what you've done, where you are right now. You think because of you've run for so long that he could never use you. And you might even think, well, one day when I get more spiritual, when I become more talented, when I become more extroverted, whatever, you might think then, then, then I'll serve the Lord. Here's the deal. Moses had in his hand what he needed all along to be all that God called him to be. He had in his hand what he needed to be a great leader. He had in his hand what he needed to see the power of God in his life. He had in his hand exactly what he needed, but he had to release his grip on it. See what God can do with it. And then obey God and pick it up like God says, pick it up. And this is true for us. It might be your finances. It might be your marriage. It might be your spouse. It might be your children. It might be that adult child. It might be another family member. It might be a relationship. It might be your job. It might be your career. What you hold in your hand is what God wants to use in your life. But he's asking, will you trust me with it? Will you trust me with it to get it out of your hands to begin with? To let go of your death grip on it? And then will you trust me with it when I tell you to pick it back up the way I want you to pick it up? Will you trust me with it when I say grab it in a way that no one else would? When I say pick it up 
and I will show you what I'm going to do with your life. Will you trust me with it? The book of Exodus is filled with the stories, as I've mentioned, about what happens with that staff. I love what happens in verse 20. It says in verse 20, So Moses took his wife and his sons and mounted them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. He headed back to do the thing that God had called him to do. It was bigger than him. It was overwhelming. It was a powerful resistance against him. But he said, and he knew, now this is different. Because this verse ends with, Moses also took the staff of God in his hand. This was no longer the staff of Moses. This is no longer the staff of defeat. This was no longer the staff of just a shepherd. This was no longer the staff of just what I used to get by. This was no longer just a stick. This became the staff of God. And what you hold in your hand, he is saying, let me have it. Let me define for you what I will do with it. You pick it up the way I say to pick it up, and it will become what God uses in your life, then you can go back into what God's called you to with the marriage of God in your hand, the spouse from God in your hand, the finances of God in your hand, the job of God in your hand, a career of God in your hand because you are willing to get it out of your hands and let him do what he wants with his hands. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you that you are good, you are wise, you are powerful, and you are gracious. And you have things planned for our life greater than we can ever imagine. You, you see and you know all things. And you come to us when we're on the backside of our desert. You come to us when we have rejected you, when we've done our own thing and gone our own way. And you don't leave us out there, you meet us out there. And you show up in powerful ways, just as you've shown up this morning in your word. And it's burning right there in front of us, and yet it's not burned up. And out of your word, you're speaking, just as you spoke to Moses. And you're asking us, what is that in your hand? So God, we, we respond. God, here is the thing that's in my hand. Here it is. I've held on to it. I've got a death grip on it. I don't want to let it go. But at your word, I will throw it down. I will let go of my control of it. I'll let go of my hand on it. Because it's not working what I'm doing. I'm not getting anywhere. So God, I... I throw it down before you. And I'll wait to see what you have to say about it. That you'll define it. That you'll show me. And at your word, I'll pick it back up. Not the way I want, but the way you want. Not like I've known, but like you know. Not like the world says, but like you say. And when I pick it up, your way. I'm confident you'll use it to glorify yourself and to show up in my life in a powerful way. So God, I thank you for your word this morning. 
I thank you for the challenge. We hear you asking, what is that in your hand? And we, as your people, will trust you with it. And all God's people said, amen, amen. As the Lord appeared before us this morning, spoken to us, amen, he has. This is just the beginning. We're gonna look at many other people in scripture and what God did to speak to them in the moments when it seemed impossible to call them to trust him with all that they've got. And we'll watch him show up time and time again. I'm confident, here's, here's the faith I, I am believing for this series, that out of this comes powerful stories from our own church family of people who said, God, I'm gonna let you have it. I've had a death grip on it, but I'm letting you have control of it. And I'm confident we're gonna hear stories of powerful demonstrations of God's spirit to come out of this. Amen? I can't wait. Why don't you stand with me this morning as we're dismissed? I'm excited for what's ahead. Are you ready to face 24 now? Amen. Amen. Let's do this. Let's lift him up and... All right.